Oh, I hold that one too abrupt. Guys, welcome. It's time for Tech 37. My name is Rob Boyd. And I want to just start off by telling you why contact centers is of such interest to me. And I, and I got to thinking more about this because it's not new uh, in terms of my thinking about it. But one of the things that's become so dramatically important to me these days and, and just real to me is the fact that uh, often we are all interacting with businesses, with, uh, with each other and so forth you know, sometimes without a human interaction. And so it becomes you spend all this money and time building your brand and you've got your maybe your website, you've got your um, uh, your uh, advertising and social media and things like this. And then something comes up and someone in your client base, your customers, they reach out to you uh, either to uh, ask something about an order, do something like that. It's the context center they're reaching into. And you begin to realize that these days, everybody... Um, the, sometimes the only interaction someone is going to have with you or your business or your your presence is going to be through a contact center. And so it becomes all the more important, I think, to say, how are we running that operation? Is it consistent with our brand? Is it consistent with everything that you want to be and do moving forward? And there's a lot of new stuff and a lot of exciting things happening in that area. And that is, of course, what we're here to talk about today. Again, welcome to Tech 37, your home for technology, education, and collaboration. Let's get on with the show and meet our experts. Well, welcome to Tech 37, guys. I've, I've dubbed you experts, which I've also acknowledged in the past that most real experts hate to be called experts. So just bear with me. I mean it colloquially and I and I mean it with full respect, of course. Uh, I'd like to do some introductions if we could real quick. We'll start just above me here with Kim. Uh, just tell us who you work for, what you do and what you're excited about. Something like sure. that. Sure. Um, I'm Kim Kikabin and I'm a consultant in digital workforce advisory. And um, my my area of expertise is in contact center, um, helping with everything from discovery, strategic roadmap, um, to operations plans, uh, migration plans, designs, etc. And partner um, up with the other folks on the call. Well, I owe you um, a debt of gratitude uh, because I spent uh, most of my research was just spent reading what you've written. And, and all that oh, is on the platform, www.com. It's going to be one of the things, of course, we recommend people go look at. Um, but, you know, everybody, writing is not easy. It's hard to slow down from what we're doing in our day jobs <laughs> and then put pen to paper. And so I, I have a lot of respect for uh, anyone that is able to do that consistently and then do it in such a good, clear way. So uh, kind of an early nod saying we're going to send people that direction. But we'll have links in the in the show notes and everything. But Keyshore, um, let's see, there's a Google after your name. So you're not from Worldwide Technology, right? What what, what do you do? And, and, and um, thanks for joining us. Hey, Rob. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. So I'm Keyshore Ahead. Uh, of course, I work for Google. And I'm the product manager for Contact Center AI. And as a product manager for a suite of products, we because Contact Center AI it has multiple products in it. Uh, I'm responsible for go-to-market and strategy. That means I work with partners and customers and be their voice uh, within Google. Gotcha. And then just because you're too modest to bring it up, but this is going to come up. You, you, AI is kind of your thing uh, from, from what I gathered. You have a few patents to your name and you've been doing AI for a while. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Uh, I mean, awesome. before being a product manager, I was a developer 
a also developer for machine learning and AI and a solution architect. And I have patents in speech recognition. All right. That's excellent. All right. Well, cool. Thank you for joining us. And we're going to get more into the details of, uh, of different things that are available in that area using your expertise. So I'm excited by that. And Ed, this is not the first time we've had a chance to interact. And uh, it's good to have you back on Tech 37. I'm trying to remember, where are you located? You're not in Texas, are you? No, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. It's Phoenix. Okay. Mine was hot. Okay. I got that part right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ed, tell us, um, for the man that I joked, is, uh, whose name is, is, uh, becomes a verb when you put him backwards uh, because you become Villarreal. Anyway, I was still going to stretch to make that work. Tell us what you do and uh, what you're responsible for there. Thanks, Rob. Um, and I do appreciate uh, following up uh, Kishore because uh, um, my resume is not as, as extensive and as deep as his. But uh, my name's Ed Villarreal. I'm the Contact Center Practice Manager for WWT. Uh, and, and really what, what uh, me and my team do is we provide support for our uh, account teams and our customers in the deployment and the uh, design of contact center solutions. Oh, excellent. Well, it, it, you know what? I don't, I, uh, I once worked on helping my wife get a patent or work toward a patent at the time for something that I don't even want to bring up because it was embarrassing. Uh, I was mainly just trying to be supportive of her. That's a, and a heck of a process. And um, yeah, I don't have any. And um, so no, no worries there. I'm just proud whenever I get to work with somebody that does. But you guys are all smart. And Ed, what I love is you really bring in uh, a daily customer reality, I think, to this. Um, mm -hmm. Not that you don't, Kim. I mean, I know everything you do is based on working with clients and uh, from, a, from a different, maybe more consultative angle. I don't want to paint anybody in. And then, of course, we've got Google who's continually developing stuff faster than any of us have time to learn about it. It feels like quite often um, there's a marriage here that we're going to, that we're pushing towards. Obviously we're talking about contact center. Um, and specifically we've been talking about this notion and in the title, it says uh, this, this notion of AI and cloud uh, two things that I would just venture to say most customers are not leveraging in their current cloud setups, but I don't really know. And so I thought we may start with you, Ed, and just kind of give us the, uh, let's start with the state of the state, state of the contact center, if you will. Sure. And just what's a general feel for where people are at and how aggressive do they get? How shy do they get? What, what, what would be your take on yeah. that? Yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, this, uh, there's always been this slow migration within the contact center to leveraging cloud and leveraging AI. But what we've seen is this pan the pandemic has accelerated this, right? So there has been a significant push to utilizing the contact center uh, and uh, for, for customer support, right? And so many of the customer, many of the contact centers we're seeing are not, are they're kind of struggling, right? Because they mm -hmm. can't meet the demands of their customers. They, from a, from a volume standpoint, just the number of, of interactions, right? Uh, and then also uh, not having access to advanced technologies uh, such as AI. So, so what they re you know, result in what we see is that there's huge wait times, right? I'll, I'll give you a quick example is I was just in a family trip, first, first pandemic, post-pandemic trip to Mexico. Yeah. And when we were there, I had questions. I, had que I didn't know. Uh, you know, about the COVID testing requirements from the airlines. So I'm like, well, I'll just give them a call, right? <laughs> I get a message saying 120 minute wait time, 
right? So, so really those mm -hmm. things that weren't available on the website for me to, to get additional information uh, that we could have, that they could have easily used an AI or some other mechanism to, to kind of support that. They, they didn't have those capabilities, right? Um, and, and to that end is, you know, what we're seeing is that there's, there's a big demand to migrate to the cloud, to leverage these technologies, to leverage AI. Um, and, and just because it gives them that increased scalability, it gives them the flexibility to leverage these advanced technologies, right, uh, and easily implement them. Um, the other thing is, is that it's, you know, when we talk about traditionally with AI, you know, you always think about these web chat, right? And what we're seeing is, is beyond that. So many of, of the requests we're getting are for voice, right? The voice assistant mm -hmm. assistance, like you see within uh, uh, Amazon Alexa or, or Google Hub, those types of things, um, people want to communicate with that natural spoken language, yeah. right? Um, to make it more personal, rather yeah, than press to one here, press two there, right? Um, and then, and then the other thing that we're seeing, which is which is even next level on the AI side, is agent augmentation. So the the systems being able to to support the agents, right? Not the customers, but the agents right, in right. in uh, in determining what this next step is. How can I help out this agent, right? Yeah, and that's a great point because the agent right, may be the only human anyone gets a chance to interact with. Uh, let's go ahead and set the stage with that real quick since we're already into it, which is uh, AI, which, uh, you know, for those of us playing at home, that's a great one on the buzzword bingo, uh, along with machine learning. But these are serious elements that have made their way in so many, probably in more ways than we even are ready to acknowledge. But Keyshore, when it comes to contact center and AI, what's important to understand about the state of that technology and where it's at now? I think the state of the technology is pretty mature. I, we started this journey, I think, you know, overall the industry started this journey like five to six years back where we had a solution and we were looking for the problem. So <laughs> yeah. there was a lot that of, uh, uh, you know, papers being published on speech recognition, a lot of papers being published in AI and ML and natural language understanding. And then people were looking at it and saying, hey, now we have all this research, we have, a lot of data and we have machines on the cloud which can build machine learning models and these machine learning models are really really big models so what can we do with it and that, that's where google started we looked at it and, and we were working with customers and they said hey can we use this in contact center mm. and it was like voila let's try it and that's how we started the journey and today we have a very mature product uh, and uh, getting back to what Ed was saying that it's also kind of at the right place at the right time. The industry has shifted in a year and a half, you know, and yeah. uh, unfortunate situation, places like, uh, example, like state of Illinois, right? They were looking for help to accept uh, unemployment applications. And one day they were getting like 100 calls a day and the next it was million. Right. So how do you scale? And that's where the cloud and AI comes into picture where it gives the, the industry and situations like this, the ability to scale. Yeah. So we've come quite far with AI in contact center industry. Well, and that's good to know. It actually highlights the, my biggest frustration sometimes when thinking of Ed's point of calling in and, and, and how frustrating, right? We all get frustrated with uh, bad contact center experiences on the from the you know personal side. 
I got to think it's even worse if you know what could be done, you know, and then Ed's with this family going, just a minute, let me scramble this lead over to our folks to follow up on. Um, but I'm always like, sometimes I feel like AI or something. I, I don't know if I'm dealing with a smart contact center when I first call in and I start interacting or if I'm dealing with um, uh, someone else. And because I, I, I have this... Um, the cynicism that says, oh, they're just trying to lead me to the quick answer, which is, ah, just read them as balance and hang up, you know, and, and or something like that. And I'm like, is this one of the good ones? Can I talk? Can I, you know, and you're, I'm looking for clues about what to do next. And then my biggest pet peeve, which I think has largely been resolved, is that if I give, if I enter account information or you pull it from my uh, caller ID or something to that effect, and I've already authenticated, please don't make me go through that again. You know, when I haven't actually left, I think what's happening sometimes is we're, we're changing back end systems and that's not easy to marriage to make. But Kim, I think you've worked on these problems probably at various degrees. And so when we come to cloud and AI and everything that's just been mentioned here, these two have already shown their cards. They're saying uh, we're pro cloud. I expect Google to be pro cloud. I wouldn't expect any different. And actually I'm very pro cloud as well because of the flexibility it, it ostensibly promises. But I feel like contact center is the crown jewels. Uh, it's a it's a very sensitive place to to mess with, mm-hmm. um, and a very sometimes very mature processes are already in place. What kind of things do we mm-hmm. need to start taking into consideration, and what's the best way to understand this? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think there are you know there's a set of considerations around you know uh, do I move my contact center platform from on prem to the cloud, um, and you know and regardless you can integrate with um, Google on the mm-hmm. AI side, right? So that's an important point to know. Um, but, you know, as far as just, you know, wh- whether or not your contact center is mature enough to move to the cloud and, you know, and what should you look at? You know, a lot of uh, contact centers that are in the, um, especially in the government space, um, you know, there, there's a lot of regulation, a lot of um, ownership around things like data security um, that they, they want to keep their arms around. Um, and when you have that in play, um, you know, a lot of times it's more difficult to migrate your entire platform to the cloud. If you have a robust, um, very deep, deep-seated, complex integration um, with maybe legacy applications uh, versus maybe cloud-based CRMs, um, and you have to pick those up and you know move them into the cloud platform. It gets more complex. Um, so you, know, you you really have to understand your current environment, and then um, look at these different elements, right? So uh, again, um, compliance requirements, integration complexity, the size and uh, geographic landscape of your contact centers. Mm. Um, because, you know, if, if you have contact centers around the world, then you have um, different regulations within those different countries, right, to deal with. And so it just becomes more complex. But, Am I like right? I said, in, yeah. Am I right in thinking about this as being most situations we're looking at or is this an oversimplification where customers are, have a lot of investment and time and energy poured into what is physical equipment like the good old 5ESS switches that are hosting Correct. multiple agents and hard phones and things like this and then they mm-hmm. look at a very scary uh, jump forward which can feel like too many jumps maybe for some people where you've right. got agents have nothing but a headset and, right. and they're being assisted is that really the the, the, the right. contrast they- okay that's right. Yep. And you have um, contact centers that have grown up 
um, in that type of environment over several, several years. Um, you know, they've had a lot of different resources working on their platforms uh, without documented requirements thing and designs and things oh, like wow. that. So, Changes, so if you have yeah. that, you know, really what you need to start with is a um, comprehensive discovery with in that contact center, uh, roll those discovery results up into a roadmap. Uh, make sure that you have your partners, such as Kishore, um, and other partners involved in reviewing that roadmap. And um, and Kishore hit on this a little earlier. For a as far as AI is concerned, finding that right sweet spot to start yeah. with within within that organization. So that's the type of organization that might say, "I want AI for natural language," but that's all they know, right? So. You know, after after you work through that discovery, finding maybe maybe the group, uh, if you've got 20 contact centers, find the one that maybe is at the right risk point, um, has the right um, level of maturity, right? And, and, and that starts to feel like you're getting into migration. You're starting yeah, to get a migration exactly. strategies, it sounds like there. Correct. And, and so That's let's resolve correct. this real quick. I, if I have an on-premise system that is of, uh, you know, what kind of whatever date, um, is it possible that I could take advantage of what Google's doing and Kishar speaks to without having to go to cloud? Are those mutually exclusive at all? Uh, what what so, considerations yeah. are? I, 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 can, I can take that. Uh, actually, you you got to meet where the customer is. And, mm -hmm. and Google believes totally in that. So uh, how the technolo our technology works is that you can be on-prem, mm -hmm. your CRMs can be on-prem, and you can just leverage AI in the cloud. And, and I know a lot of customers would say that, why can't I even bring the AI uh, from cloud to on-prem? And, and for good reasons, right? Again, remember yeah. there is compliance and like Rob, you don't want your data to be going around all over the place, right? All over the world. Yeah. So clearly for good reasons. Uh, so what we say is that AI requires a lot of like accelerators, right? There is GPU, TPU, and there is a lo lot of hardware involved, which is easy to deploy in cloud and upgrade. So keep the AI in the cloud, right? Keep all your data while you are migrating to cloud. Remember the end goal is the migration, but you cannot wait for two years to use AI. So start with the AI on the cloud and everything else on-prem, and then eventually migrate everything to the cloud. Okay. Yeah, that makes I think that, you know, uh, what we're looking at uh, many times on the, on the AI front, especially when we talk about the virtual assistants, uh, are around uh, um, a, a bridge to the cloud, right? Because uh, if a customer, you know, it's expensive to, to completely redesign uh, a virtual assistant, an IVR application, whatever it is, self-service application, um, when in, on one platform versus another, right? And you don't want to go and have to have that expense on every single step, right? right so right. this, what we're seeing is that this gives them uh, customers the capability to leverage, you know, uh, things such as AI, Google AI in the cloud right now with their on-premises systems. And then as they're road mapping their, uh, their migration to the cloud, 
uh, they're not going to do it in one fell swoop, right? They're going to yeah. they're going to slowly, especially these large contact centers with a lot of different groups in there. They're going to take these steps to get there. And but but the one common thing across there is that AI platform, the the self service, the virtual assistant that's there, right? Because they they don't have to redesign those things multiple times. Uh, they'll do it once and then make that uh, that one final step to the cloud. So it is it is really that bridge that we see. Well, I like what right. you guys and are I, saying. In terms of it not being, it's not a hard, it's not a cold cutover by any sense. And even within a single contact center, there sounds like there's a little bit of, there's opportunities to migrate uh, certain activities depending on uh, the the level of complexity present uh, in the type of agents, perhaps things like this. But go ahead, Kim. Oh no, no, you're hitting right on. Um, I just you know want to go back to it, the importance of laying out a roadmap with your yeah. customer. Yeah. Right. And okay, this is your starting point. Make sure they agree with it from a priority, a risk, um, et cetera, perspective. Right. You start there and then lay out the steps for them. For example, the project I'm on now, we're following three steps. We didn't make it very complex. Okay. Three, three I steps. Like pilot, pilot, Kishore, um, um, low risk IVR. So, Kishore is one of the steps. Uh huh. Yeah. Wait. No, no I'm, I'm, oh. I'm kind of alluding to what Kishore oh, gotcha. said before. Okay. Yep. And and then last step uh, being, you know, the largest contact center within the organization mm -hmm. that requires um, more integration, um, more, you know, um, st stronger feature set um, across all uh, solutions that are being introduced. Is it, is it fair so to give me a sense? it's kind of a three-step process. Yeah. Is it, could you, could you, I don't know if this is a fair question, but to give me a sense, because I know there's always the it depends answer, but what kind of time are we talking about? Is there any way to gauge, okay, if I'm, is there any way for me to gauge and go, how long should I be kind of big budgetary minded, budgetary from a time perspective, be looking at for, for making transitions from the discovery to making decisions, mapping, you know, the uh, roadmap and stuff like that? Who wants to weigh in on that one? Wow, and, and you already <laughs> said right? it depends. So let's start with saying it depends, but yep. uh, it acknowledged. It's it's realistically like uh, what are you looking for, right? We have seen okay, government so agencies uh, move so fast because of the needs of pandemic. Like they adapted uh, AI in three months. Oh my! Unheard okay. of. Like I would yeah. expect them to like you know first line of code would probably go in like two years but they've done it in three months. So technology is there, integrations are there where you could be up and running uh, uh, in, in three months, but a typical enterprise uh, project would last anywhere from like six months to one year uh, in terms of just AI integration with all the compliance and like whatnot to like migrate things to cloud. Uh, and at least that's my observation. I don't know, Ed and Kim, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think that one thing I'll add in there, a couple things I'll add is that what we're seeing is that it is so much easier to prototype these cloud-based solutions as opposed to the on-premises mm -hmm. solutions. Because, you know, uh, prior to us, you know, uh, leveraging cloud-based solutions, uh, it would it would take years and millions of dollars to uh, to determine whether or not um, uh, an, an integration like this, an AI or a natural language would work. And now we're able to prototype these things and 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 fail fast, right? If this is not if this is not successful, we move on to the next use case. 
It's not something where we've invested all of this time and all of this effort and all of this money. We get to the end and we say, oh, we're kind of stuck with what we've got. What we do is we prototype it and we revise it if it doesn't work. And if ultimately it doesn't work, if that use case isn't, we're not able to solve for that use case, we move on to the next one. I, I feel like part of what... I feel like part of what we're building toward, and then Kim can pick it up, but because yeah. I was going to go to you on this, Kim, but is that it sounds like you make this transition, uh, and I want to talk, I, w- I would like to just spend a little bit of time on on all the, the pretty benefits of being cloud, but one thing you struck struck me with is, because you're saying this happens during the pilot, but as a notion, I feel like when we go to cloud, you've you've made the transition to a, a more um, uh, malleable platform that allows you to respond to market conditions, to changes in technology, to shifts in pivot in your business so much differently at a different velocity perhaps than you did before. And I just want to make sure we've, uh, that we're not too overly serious about how serious we do need to take it. But at the same time, it's like, well, why, why, what are the big reasons about doing things differently? Not necessarily doing the exact same thing I'm already doing, but Kim. Oh, yep. And I, I just want to say, I think um, in, in an organization, that is, um, I'll say, larger, uh, maybe on the you know maturity curve, uh, they're a little lower. Um, I think you need to really work with them and educate them on the benefits of AI. They may know their starting point, but beyond that, they may not know where they're going. And so you need to, um, you know, pull those detailed discovery results, create a roadmap that weaves in the benefits of. Um, the AI platform, whether it's agent assist, whether it's insights, whether it's you know all the all the different pieces uh, that folks have spoken about, right? You need to show the customer uh, where that benefit can address uh, requirements that maybe have have been out there for years and no one's known how to solve for them, right? And then um, to your point, Rob, once you've deployed the solution for pilots, right? Then all of a sudden everybody gets excited. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, so so maybe they were afraid, but now they see the benefits, and all of a sudden reason. it's, yeah. gee, when can I migrate the next team? Yeah, it's a best then, kind and of then after that, when can I migrate the next one? So um, you know, you just have to stick with it, and um, you know, make sure that you build that momentum. Keisha, I want to ask you about this agent assist because talking about doing things differently then perhaps we've done it before. This feels like this is something that may fit into that category, but just can you give us a brief overview of what that is and, and anything else is, that's good to know about the Google um, suite right now? Sure, so I mean, uh, when we talk about AI, people always think that there is only one AI where you pick up the phone and you're talking to the bot, right? Yeah. But that's not the only AI. And also the goal of contact center AI is not to just migrate everything to the bot. And realistically, you cannot do that. There are situations where you would want to, you know, talk to a human being. At that point, agent assist AI comes into picture. When you are talking to a human agent on the other side, an AI is basically listening to the conversation passively and searching for the information in different kinds of system, Kim mentioned, right? CRM systems, databases, and whatnot, searching for the information uh, passively and finding that information and showing it to the human agent. That's Mm. just one thing. There are other things like smart reply and smart compose. I'm sure a lot of people use Gmail, right? When you start typing something, it tries to complete your sentence. We have that functionality Mm -hmm. for the agents. So the goal here is that agents, first of all, they should get all the information. They should not keep you on hold 
and go look out in 10 different systems you know to find the answer for you you know so reduce the time for them to search information and consistently give that information to the customer yeah. and that may also include like uh, getting the information from previous conversation as rob you mentioned earlier you you were on a call with a bot you gave account information then you jumped with the agent and agent starts to ask you the same question and you're like wait what what did i do for last 10 minutes mm-hmm. here yeah. agent assist can help you solve that problem because it can continue the conversation and bring a lot of that contextual information uh to the agent directly well, I'm curious about, obviously, I think there's some obvious efficiency benefits, but I'm always thinking because I'd gotten loosely involved with this in the past where so much focus, of course, is built on the decision trees uh, for the agents to, uh, you know, to verbally guide someone down a certain path. If they say this, then you're going to go here, you know, and, and because you're, you're, you're trying to have a balance between how much you pay your agents versus how much you have to educate them and, and different things like this to get the right people, um, it, fa- it sounds like these kind of things may be speeding up the process of say onboarding new agents or allowing them to accelerate skill sets. Is that true, Kim? Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, um, you know, I think, and it, that kind of folds into the, um, the customer experience and user experience and user experience side of things that you need to care for when you put together the roadmap. Uh, Because, you know, for example, um, to the exam- to the case that Kishore mentioned, where you know you may have a bot that's handling maybe quick hit type transactions. So now, um, you know you can your agents maybe become more senior agents um, mm-hmm. than they were before, and so that means some additional training for them, or maybe uh, the job descriptions change for the agents, right? And at the same time, you know while you're introducing this highly accurate bot to handle those interactions um if you're doing that for maybe maybe one group within you know where you've got a contact center space of 50 groups yeah. okay so wait a second okay so now maybe you have a um, not just that maybe that bot is at the ivr level okay but if you, you have to look at everything if callers call in at a higher level reach another group that hasn't introduced uh virtual agents yet they don't get that same response right yeah so uh oh okay so you really have to map out everything from a, an interaction type perspective um all the way down to the personas within the contact center um you know that are do, handling the interactions do i understand correctly too that these mm-hmm. and it can it can come across as creepy but i really like the idea of this mm-hmm. but there's a is there a sentiment measurement going on during the uh, these interactions as well that can potentially engage resources or provide prompts because you can tell that someone is angry or someone's frustrated or they're not getting the answers that they were hoping to get from this agent. And maybe the agent is or isn't picking up on it or is resisting it. Uh, you're all nodding your head. So I'm guessing that's a clean yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, we, like we Google does sentiment analysis in real time. Uh, but uh, let me answer that. It is not creepy. One thing which we don't do is that we don't consider the the voice. A- every sentiment analysis is done actually on the transcription because uh-huh. oh, uh, okay. there are a lot of cultural differences. People speak differently and you don't know when somebody is really angry or somebody is sarcastic. Mm. So it's better to take the sentiment out of the words spoken rather than the voice and the emotion element of it. Uh, to tell you the fact, even there's a lot of research going on, uh, looking at like analyzing research, it's a hard topic. Yeah. 
So it's well, and, and I'm thinking to, to analyze the words. It's got me thinking too that you you also want to know if your agent's losing it. If the agent's at the end of their rope, uh, mm-hmm. you might want some some signals to go off. You know, I always remember those times that that um, I forget what the feature is, but when you uh, if you're a contact center manager and you override in to drop in on a call, I forget what that's called. Is it drop in? Maybe that's all. Bargin. Okay. Barge. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, a, I, yeah, I, that feels very intrusive. But um, so as we we never have enough time on this kind of stuff, but I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, Ed, what are any final thoughts? And now this is. Let's acknowledge that I, 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 we have a call to action I want to speak to here, and we can jump right into that. But I want to make sure that we didn't forget anything. Is there anything that's jumping out in your head that you wish I had asked before we uh, before we go into the wrap up? No, no. I, I think uh, I think there's a lot of uh, great content that we covered today. Uh, nothing that uh, that you left out of the uh, the questions. Do you guys agree? Is everybody okay? Agree. Is there anything anything agree. major yep. you're like okay? Because what I don't want is sure. resentment. Any more negative uh, sentiment towards Rob for not having brought something up? Um, let's see. I'm going to bring this up here because, uh, boy, WWT.com is a fount of resources, and all those great articles I mentioned should be linked, um, if not easy to find. You can actually friend Kim at WWT.com. This is why I encourage everybody to join the platform. But the page I brought up here cool. is about this briefing, which feels like maybe a logical next step. Kim, can I don't know, can you comment on what 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 happens with a briefing? What's this about? Um, and Ed, if you want to chime oh, in, that better Ed. Yeah, I can certainly take this one here. Yeah. Uh, this is um, so what we do here, uh, Rob, is we go through, and this is more of a uh, high level, you know, uh, discovery and, and conversation with customers, just kind of understanding, um, uh, you know, what what the needs are, uh, and then and then providing some context around what the what the capabilities are of their on premise solutions or looking at the cloud solutions. Uh, we can provide demos and other things related to uh, uh, cloud contact center solutions, even including AI. So so that's all part of this uh, this briefing. Gotcha. And I'm just looking down here. I'm like. Wait, we've got Ed on the call. We've got Kim on the call. And whoever this Todd is, I'm sure he's very smart, but we've got Keyshore instead. So I'm happy. Todd is my peer. Yeah. Todd is your peer. Okay. Um, so, uh, well, and all, and all that also looking over here at this, um, uh, it sounds like a, a, a bigger step in terms of, of potentially engaging with you guys to establish AI, infuse it. I like that word uh, into your contact center. Ed or Kim, who would be good to kind of Tell me a little bit about what this program is all about, because as, as yeah, hopefully what everybody can see, you can request a briefing. And that's what we want you to do um, is as you look at this stuff, is that you can go ask smart people like this what kind of questions you have about your specific operation. But yeah, sorry, go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I, you know, this is uh, this is another one that's that is focus, another briefing that is focused specifically on AI. It is it allows us to uh, go in and. Uh, really talk about the uh, some develop some use cases or high level use cases around AI. Uh, again, showcase the uh, the CCAI solution and uh, and how we can utilize it to to solve some of for some of those use cases. Yeah, this is amazing stuff because there is so much complexity. And as Kim, as you started off with, and I don't know if I have that. Um, 
Yeah, I have this article here that you'd written about whether or not your contact center is ready for AI. That's an example of what I was studying to get into here. Uh, but there's also stuff about what is Google CCAI uh, and those type of things. So worldwide, you guys obviously are a good one-stop shop to be able to uh, get a full cross-section of knowledge and implementation and consideration for these things that you mentioned, like regulation, the amount of integration that might uh, be the reality for someone's specific call center, the locations. Everything else, this is, sounds like stuff that you uh, you guys have all spent time working on, assisting customers with, and this is how you get started is by uh, just clicking that request briefing, get going, barring that, give you guys a call directly, and it sounds like we've got Keyshore uh, involved wherever we need him through Worldwide. Is that roughly accurate? Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. You guys are you guys are so much fun because I I've learned a lot in this one and I've, I realized I need to update my uh, uh, my knowledge base is slipping fast because it's just hard to keep up. But I like all these answers and I'm I'm hopeful because I, I like many of us I spend a lot of time on these things from the customer perspective and uh, and I'm always trying to figure out I'm like oh I hope this is one of the smart ones you know as I as I get uh, as I get into it you know and I'm always testing I'm like does this work and can I hit zero or not. I can understand why we don't want to train people to hit zero all the time for a live agent because then we just end up with everybody doing that without even bothering to listen. But it's like, this is just my this is my personal rant now to those contact center um, uh, managers and uh, people that are watching this. I also uh, don't need you to tell me uh, over twenty seconds for the last year and a half that you've changed your menu and it hasn't really changed. Um, I know that. I also know that call times take longer because of COVID. Some of you are still running the same messages. And haven't updated, but maybe your system is not flexible enough. Maybe that's the challenge is that you're stuck uh, with expensive updates to an old antiquated system. Well, hopefully the, the net result is it doesn't have to be this difficult. There are ways in which to make the move safely, efficiently. And it sounds like it can also potentially pay for itself with, uh, with regards to the benefits and the ways in which you can interact with customers. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking time with us on Tech 37. And those of you watching course want you to uh to tune in to future shows as well let us know what you think and uh other than that we will see you on the next one take care